a story for you. About a year and a half ago, I was hosting a live question and answer period focused on communication skills and personal branding. A brave woman raised her hand and I called on her. She introduced herself and she told us that she's a lawyer in Manhattan. And then she said, as you can all tell from my accent, I'm from India. When it comes to my personal brand, I feel like I'm always gonna be the foreigner. I'm certainly not ashamed of my background, but I really wish my identity was a lot more than this. And then she paused and I jumped in. So let me make sure I've got this right. You were born and raised in India, is that right? Yes. And you immigrated to the United States, yes. And you passed the bar exam in the state of New York, again, yes. And what kind of law do you practice, I asked her. Corporate, she said. Okay, all right, it's time for you to take control of your narrative. You are not a foreigner, you are a corporate lawyer with a global perspective. Stop using the word foreigner. You need to control your narrative. She raised her eyebrows and she nodded, but I wasn't done. And by the way, I said, your English is excellent. Yes, of course, we can all perceive that you have an Indian accent, but really, that's just a reminder of your global experience. I will never forget the look on her face. She looked as if a huge weight had been removed, lifted off her shoulders, and she had a massive smile. <laughs> then I turned to the audience to clarify this point about controlling our narrative. It's not about being manipulative. It's definitely not about being deceptive or sharing falsehoods. It's about consistently reinforcing something about yourself that's true and that's aligned with your goals. And that is what we're talking about in this episode, controlling your narrative. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 143, controlling your narrative. I'm so glad you're here. Let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea, and I'm your executive communication coach. I'm also the founder of Talk About Talk, where I coach communication skills to ambitious executives through one-on-one -on -one coaching, boot camps, workshops, and keynote speaking. My objective is to help you improve your clarity and confidence so you have more credibility, and when you have more credibility, you can make real impact, and that's when you get noticed, and ultimately, you're going to get promoted. That is my goal here. If this resonates with you, then I also encourage you to check out the talkabouttalk.com website. There are so many resources there for you to check out. If you're an individual executive, there's information there about private coaching and small group boot camps. If you're a leader or an HR manager who's looking to boost the communication skills of your team, there's also information about corporate workshops and keynote speaking. And there are plenty of free resources there too, like the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk email newsletter. That newsletter is your chance to get communication tips from me every week. One last thing, I do spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Like, I'm there every day. So I hope you'll connect with me there on LinkedIn and maybe send me a message and let me know what you think about this episode. All right, let's get going. Controlling your narrative. I've got lots and lots of relevant examples to share with you, like the story I just shared with you about the woman whose narrative evolved from foreigner 
to corporate lawyer with a global perspective. These are stories mostly from my one-on-one coaching sessions and some corporate workshops where I helped clients control their narrative and in a way that's true and that's aligned with their career aspirations. I hope that one or more of these stories will inspire you to start controlling your own narrative. Whether you're a rising star eager to make a strong first impression or a seasoned executive looking to refine your image, this episode is going to have something for you. I'm going to share real-life success stories, actionable tips, and even explore the consequences of neglecting your narrative. All right, this topic of taking control of your personal narrative typically comes up when I'm coaching folks on their personal brand. I will often start out a coaching session or a workshop by sharing some of the specific benefits that we can experience when we work on our personal brand. Of course, there are many, many benefits of developing your brand, but specifically the top three that I share are, number one, it's gonna boost your confidence simply because you're identifying your passions and your expertise. How could this not boost your confidence? Number two, developing your personal brand provides you with focus and direction. And number three, working with your personal brand will facilitate you in helping you to control your narrative. And yes, it occurred to me, you could say that this last one works the other way around too, right? You could say that controlling your narrative will strengthen your personal brand. It works both ways. And it's helpful to look at it both ways. Controlling your narrative and your personal brand are closely integrated. Got that? If you've heard me or others before talking about personal branding, you may have heard Jeff Bezos' definition. He says that your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. In other words, you could say that your brand is other people's narrative about you. Hmm. I love this definition because it encourages a mental exercise where we imagine what the important stakeholders are thinking and saying about us, what they're narrative is when our name comes up in conversation. It could be your boss, an investor, whoever that stakeholder is. When they're discussing who to promote or who to invest in, your name comes up. What are they thinking? What are they saying? What is their narrative about you? Well, if your brand is others' narrative about you, then your narrative can shape your career trajectory. And here's the thing I want you to consider. When it comes to your narrative, you can let it happen, or you can make it happen. I say, let's make it happen. Take control of your narrative. Imagine the possibilities if you could intentionally shape your narrative. It's like having a steering wheel of your career in your own hands. Such power. That said, I wanna point out that this is not about being manipulative, nor inauthentic, nor creating falsehoods, nor is it crafting a facade. It is about identifying a theme that you want to emphasize and then putting words around that theme, the narrative, and then consistently communicating these words and reinforcing them with your corresponding behavior and actions. Oh, that was good. Did you get that? I think we have a working definition here of controlling your narrative. It's about Number one, identifying a theme that is authentic and true to you and something that you want to emphasize, then putting the words around that theme, articulating it, and last, consistently communicating or reinforcing those themes through your words and through your behaviors. 
All right, enough pontificating. I'm going to get to some stories and some examples. I've got great stories to share with you here. I thought a great place to start would be what happens when you fail to control your narrative. Oh boy, there are so many examples around us of people who fail to control their narrative, aren't there? The most obvious ones are the ones that are in the news with public figures. When, for example, politicians fail to establish a narrative that resonates with voters or with their opponents, or when celebrities fail to advocate for themselves. I guess this is why PR firms exist, right? But of course, you don't need to be a public figure to benefit from controlling your narrative or to suffer when you fail to control your narrative. Just this week, a couple days ago, I had a consult with a female executive who was in desperate need of help in her personal brand and in controlling her narrative. She told me she is gainfully employed at a company, a well-known company that you've probably heard of, and she's doing well in her role as a VP, but she's getting restless and she's pursuing a C-suite role at a new firm. Based on her credentials, she was invited to interviews by several firms, but she never made it through the final round. She realized, in retrospect, that she was struggling to answer many of the questions that they were asking her. She was failing to control her narrative. One of the things we ended up focusing on for her is her leadership style. Leadership should be a key theme for many of us when we're controlling our narrative. As a vice president pursuing the C-suite, this woman's leadership is a critical part of her brand. She'll get a lot of traction by thinking about her true and authentic leadership style and then putting words around it. So what about you? What's your leadership style? Have you taken the time to think about that in a disciplined way? Well, I have an episode on demonstrating leadership. It's episode 90, and I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. There are many, many ways that we can demonstrate leadership. There's, of course, leading or managing people, but there's also being proactive and using your initiative. There's also being decisive. There's being strategic. And we can also demonstrate leadership through thought leadership. How else can we demonstrate leadership? Well, how about this? Use the word leadership. Reference yourself as a leader. Control the narrative. Simply using the word lead or led or leadership in reference to yourself can reinforce your status as one. Say the team I led or my leadership style. You get the idea. It is shocking to me for how many executives this is a revelation. If you want to be seen as a leader, use the word lead. This reminds me of some academic research that I read a few years ago, focusing on how female executives build legitimately through their self-narratives. It's a paper I found called Class Matters, The Role of Social Class and Organizational Sector in High-Achieving Women's Legitimacy Narratives. Key word for us there, narratives. I'll leave a link for this paper in the show notes. The authors highlighted how successful female executives employ six different types of self-narratives, or as they call them, discursive legitimization strategies to explain and justify their success. So are you curious what the six are? There's success through competence or skills, however they acquired them. There's success through endurance or resilience. There's success through maneuvers or being strategic and an analytical thinker. There's success through their social networks or relationships. There's success through serendipity or good luck. 
And last, there's success through warrior-like action or being a courageous fighter. These women all articulated their path to leadership. Did you get that? Path to leadership by using one or more of these narratives. Fascinating and a wonderful opportunity for us, by the way. You can check out the paper, as I said, in the show notes for this episode. And I encourage you to look at the list of narratives in the appendix. It's almost like a checklist. Which of these six narratives resonates with your story? Is it pure competence? Is it resilience? Is it strategic? Is it based on relationships? Or maybe it's your good fortune. Or perhaps it's your courage to fight for yourself. The narratives we're telling others and ourselves are really important. So it's well worth the effort to do so consciously and strategically. This comes up a lot in my workshops and coaching sessions where executives are seeking to overcome an identity that simply is not serving them. Let me share with you a few examples. A few years ago, I was running a workshop for some senior female executives. These women were from all over the world. And we were talking about which archetype best personifies each of us. I told them, I'm a sage and a magician. And then I asked them, what are you? One of these amazing female executives raised her hand and she said, well, I know that deep inside my heart, I'm the jester. I love cracking jokes and making people laugh, but I try to hide that when I'm at work. Wait, what? I said, you hide your true persona? Let me get this straight. Didn't you just get promoted to global chief of staff? She nodded her head. Yes, I did. And I asked her, does your boss know that you have a sense of humor? Again, she nodded. Yes, I suppose he does. So I said, of course, you know you can't go around making inappropriate jokes and laughing like a jokester, a comedian all the time. Business can be serious. But we also all appreciate that person who provides levity when things get a little too intense. And I think that's you. Have you ever thought about making that part of your narrative? You are a strategic thinker and a strong leader. You also provide levity when needed. You are a positive influence on the corporate culture. She was silent for a minute. And then she admitted she was absolutely thrilled with that narrative. It was like a relief, a way of articulating her true self and highlighting her value of that true self in the work environment. This is very validating. So here's the question for you. Is there some part of you that you're not particularly proud of or something that you're maybe trying to hide when you're at work? Is there a way of labeling that attribute or creating a narrative around it so that it becomes a positive? Of course, it still needs to be true and authentic and valid. Have you ever thought about creating a narrative around that thing that might not be so positive? Let me give you a few other examples of when this is exactly what I've helped my clients with. There's the gentleman who rarely speaks up. He's quiet and shy. Of course, he does have the technical capabilities to excel at his job, but he rarely says a word. Certainly, he could work on his confidence, and that is something that we did work on, but we also worked on creating a narrative for him around the fact that he is a deep thinker and a strong listener. The fact that he is quieter than most simply serves as evidence of this deep thinking and strong listening. There's also the female CEO that I was coaching who talks very quickly. The cadence of her speech was noticeably rapid. 
She got comments about this all the time. And yes, we did work on slowing her speech down. We also worked on her narrative for when someone pointed out her fast talk. She would say something like, yes, I'm working on it. I'm a fast thinker, and sometimes that translates to being a fast talker. That simple statement implies that she's high IQ without sounding boastful. And by the way, there's absolutely no question she is high Q. This is a very smart narrative. Did you get that? Smart narrative. And this story is similar to the woman who spoke with an accent. Remember the quote unquote foreigner who shifted her narrative to global experience? Speaking of global experience, I met a beautiful mixed race woman at a workshop recently who told me that she is simply exhausted with the question, where are you from? You know, where are you really from? The truth is she grew up in Canada, as did her parents. Her grandparents though, were all from different continents. Instead of sharing all this though, I encouraged her to try this narrative. When someone asks you where you're from, instead of being annoyed, Think of this as an opportunity to share this narrative. My ancestry is A, B, C, and D. I also travel extensively for work and for pleasure. I'm a leader with a true global perspective. Compelling, right? This turned her annoyance into an opportunity where she could share something positive about herself. That's like my friend Lori, a successful event manager turned professional photographer. If you meet Lori, the first thing you'll notice is that she's tiny. What I'm trying to say is she's noticeably short, but she has huge personality and capability. She's type A and she's very bright. Instead of letting people focus on her stature, she controls her narrative. She says things like, I'll see you at the event. I'm the short one with the bright clothing and with lots to say. She told me that she purposely wears bright clothing and she talks about it. In turn, people notice that she's the woman in bright clothes with a bright mind and with lots of energy. She's a powerhouse and she's controlling her narrative. Okay, I've got a few more examples for you here. These might be helpful if you're seeking to position yourself for a promotion or for a new job. There are plenty of executives whom I coach who talk about their broad experience. Recently, I was coaching a C-suite executive who was interviewing for a new position. When he shared his experience with me, there was absolutely no denying that he had broad experience. But it wasn't clear to me, nor was it to him, how this broad experience would provide value to a future employer. So I asked him to share some stories with me about how his broad experience has helped him in the past. Then I said, it sounds to me as if you have an incredibly value catalog of case studies that you've experienced firsthand. So as an executive leader, you can leverage these case studies in the decisions that you're making. Is that right? Yes. Again, that big smile when we nail the narrative. He was thrilled. My broad experience provides me with a catalog of case studies that I can leverage when I'm solving problems and making decisions. Perfect. Okay, here's another one. Plenty of leaders that I coach are genuinely nice people. It even shows up in their 360 degree feedback. They are adored. But how do you say this without sounding cliche? Like, I'm just a nice guy. How do you say that? And also, how do you say that in a way where you don't sound like a wimp, like maybe you're too nice or you're not assertive enough? 
Well, this is when my advice of leveraging the word lead comes up again. If people are calling you nice, ask yourself, what kind of leader am I? A few suggestions. Perhaps you could reference your collaborative leadership style, or you might highlight how you are people-focused, you bring out the best in people, or you might mention your role as a formal and informal mentor with a strong followership, or you might talk about the type of culture you create where you encourage a high-performing team. I could go on. You get the idea. Make the point you want to make about yourself, that true thing, and articulate it in a way that is true to you and that provides value to the organization. This is in fact the recipe that I used for all of the examples that I shared in this episode. And it's the recipe that I encourage you to try when you're creating your narrative. It has to be true and provide value to the organization. Now, I'm gonna close with three things. My three-point summary. Are you ready? Number one, when it comes to your narrative, you can let it happen or you can make it happen. Let's make it happen. Number two, when you control your narrative, you strengthen your personal brand. Of course, because you're strengthening your professional identity. But how do you do so? Well, that's my third point. It's about identifying a theme or themes that is authentic and true to you and that you want to emphasize. And then putting the words around that theme, articulating it, and then consistently communicating or reinforcing that theme through your words and your behaviors. I will leave it there, except to say this. Your narrative is a story worth telling. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll share it with your friends and leave me a review on whatever podcast app you're using. It really makes a difference and I appreciate it. And please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to see you there and you can always message me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and talk soon.